Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What a time it is. Aren't we grateful for A Course in Miracles? I sure am. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, let's start with a blessing and a prayer, as we usually do. My name is Jennifer Hadley, and I love to pray. (laughs) So we begin with our hands on our heart, wholeheartedly grateful Grateful for the love of God that is live streaming in through and around us at all times. So grateful and thankful that we can and we do partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. Our true identity is perfect love and this is what we're interested in. This is what we're saying yes to. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to fully recognize the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God reigns supreme in our heart and in our mind. We're grateful to give up any other insane ideas. We're grateful to say yes to the pure light of love And we share the benefits of our loving practice, our loving life with all our brothers and sisters because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let the healing be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yes. All right. So today, this week... Our topic is punishment versus correction. So this is something that Spirit has been bringing me now for weeks. And I'm reminded of what we talked about uh, last year, I believe it was, when we were talking about the laws of chaos. I did, I think, five episodes on the laws of chaos And uh, people said they liked them a lot, so you can go look for those. But in the laws of chaos, these are the ego's laws, so they're insane false beliefs. And uh, one of them is that basically everybody is a sinner. And if they haven't already proven that, they will before you know it. (laughs) Just wait. And then, of course, all sinners should be punished. And so what Jesus is telling us is that no one is a sinner and no one will be punished. No one is being punished, although it frequently looks as though that is what's going on, that we're being punished, that people are being punished, and that we are sinners and we're living a sinful life. Now, certainly, people who are identified with their ego are punishing other people. I've done a lot of punishing myself. I can admit to that. And I've learned from it that no good can come from punishing someone. No good can come from it. None. And what Jesus tells us in that Laws of Chaos section is that the the loving parent, the loving parent, Father offers correction, not punishment. And I think one of the reasons why I've been attuned to this is because I'm raising a puppy who is just laying on the floor here. Just heard me talking. Who is she talking to? <laughs> she came and lay, she's laying on the floor here waiting for me to finish so we can go play. And uh, so. In raising her, I have never punished her. It's only been a couple months now, but uh, not even. Six, seven weeks seems like much longer just because I feel like she's such a part of my life. And 
I I can't even imagine punishing her because ah oh, that would hurt my heart. But correcting her, I do all the time. So as frequently happens, she gets into the mud. She loves to dig in the dirt. And if it rains, the dirt becomes mud. If there are mud puddles, she wants to lay in them. So one of the antidotes I have to that is I got a small wading pool. So it's just for her, and it's it's foldable, so you could actually travel with it. And uh, it's a great, great thing, really great thing. And she loves to go in her pool. So she frequently goes in her pool and washes herself off, which is great. And so, oh, there she goes. <laughs> and she's playing on the floor here. So if you hear puppy noises and squeaks in the background, I'm sorry, but I... Uh, I love having her in the room with me. I'm going to let her do that. So I correct her. I recognize, oh, she's a puppy. She's learning every day. She's only been on the planet for four and a half months. And she is so loving, so kind, so cute. And so precious, and she would like so much to please me, except for sometimes when she smells something or wants to investigate something, and she does this thing where basically she looks away from me as though to say, I cannot hear you. I'm in another world now where I must do what I need to do, which is go over here and dig this up or smell this or whatever it is. So, yep, she's squeaking. And so, <laughs> forgive me. Uh, and so, I understand that. She's a puppy. Most of the time, she's so, so good. She she can go an entire nine hours without needing to use the bathroom. She She's only four and a half months old, and she has not gone in the house in weeks. So I have no complaints with her. And I do correct her all day long. No, you cannot eat that in here. You have to take that outside because she, she likes to chew on her bones and sometimes they're disgusting. Uh, or sometimes she'll bring me a dead frog, an old dead frog that somebody ran over. She, she finds these things. And so... I, I don't punish her for bringing it in the house. I just, no, just going to put that outside. Correct her gently, sweetly, because I'd like her to learn things. Right now, I'm teaching her to ring a bell when she'd like to go outside. And so I don't punish her if she gets it wrong. I don't yell at her or chastise her in any way. She She is learning through being commended when she does the thing I'm looking for. And so this punishment versus correction theme is very much in my mind every day. And I realized that she's very peaceful. She's a golden retriever, so of course she aims to please. Truly, truly, she's so interested in having me be pleased with her. <laughs> so... I I'm a peaceful person and I don't punish her. So her life isn't scary or fearful, although all puppies have things that they're afraid of. Uh it's interesting. She is not afraid of thunder and lightning. She barely notices them, though they're quite noticeable. And I think it's because she just is in such a peaceful, safe environment. I, I'm with her all day, every day. That's what she knows here in her life with me. And so without that sense of punishment and just the all day long correction that's loving and gentle and supportive, she feels really loved and cherished. And so it's a testimony to me that this is the way that works. And this is the way of love. This is the way of peace. And 
yet we live in a world where most people do believe that others are sinners or they themselves are sinners and that sinners will be punished by God and that we can also stand in for God and punish people as well. So that belief in punishment affirms the belief in sin. They go together so well. But if we can look at the thing that people make mistakes, mistakes, they make errors. And uh, I certainly do every day. I make errors of judgment. Oh, I... (laughs) I thought if I stepped over that, I could do that easily. Oh, I didn't do it easily. I spilled my coffee. And so it just all kinds of little errors or mistakes of discernment, judgment in that form that are happening all the time. And so there are no sins. There's just the correction. Oh, I learned that that uh, if I'm going to reach that far, I might lose my balance. That kind of learning, that kind of corrections going on all the time. One of the most beautiful lessons I've learned ever in my life, I'm sure I've talked about it a number of times in this podcast, is I had a realization uh, years ago that if... When I made an error, I went right to having love and compassion for myself rather than any judgment, then no forgiveness was required. So if I just extend love and compassion, no no mistake is made, in a sense, uh, in response to the original error. So let's say I knock the glass off the counter and the grape juice spills all over and now uh, that stain is everywhere. Yes, I made a miscalculation. I, for whatever reason, I made an error, mistake. I knocked that over. It created a stain. Did I have any intention to do that? I did not. It's just a mistake, simple mistake, simple error. And so what I can do is I cannot judge myself for it. Oh, that happened. As the Course of Miracles tells us, everything is neutral. Everything is neutral, so punishment is never helpful. Only correction is. Because everything is neutral, there are no sins, and punishment doesn't help. In a sense, you could say there are no sins except punishing the sin. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I'm just kind of being jokey. But if we offer correction instead of punishment, we're extending love, we're extending compassion. So I learned to say to myself all day long in the face of my many, many errors in discernment, in judgment. No mistakes have been made. I've learned something. If I go right at that corner, I will go be going the wrong way. I need to go left at that corner to get where I'd like to go. So I've learned that. I made, we could say it's an error, but now I understand that's not correct. So I had that learning. I had the learning that if I'm not careful, I can knock that off the counter and then the grape juice will stain the cabinets. So now I understand that. I know that. I've learned that. And that can be a benefit to me. I don't know how or why, but everything works together for my good. So let me just accept my good. It's good to be a learner. I'm a lifelong learner. I do not wish for the learning to stop. I desire for the learning to continue and let it be joyful, always joyful. So I'm not interested in seeing myself or anyone else as a sinner 
that does not appeal to me. I'm interested in correction. I I love this in uh, chapter 19, and it is uh, right at the beginning, healing and faith. And uh, I'm sorry, it's not healing and faith. It's sin versus error the second section in chapter 19, right in the, at the end, paragraph 8, the last paragraph, Jesus says, Would you not rather that all this, meaning our experience in the world, that all this be nothing more than a mistake, entirely correctable? And so easily escaped from that its whole correction is like walking through a mist into the sun for that is all it is perhaps you would be tempted to agree with the ego that it is far better to be sinful than mistaken yet think you carefully before you allow yourself to make this choice Approach it not lightly, for it is the choice of hell or heaven. So consider this, that everything that we've thought was a sin or a mistake in our experience in this (gasps) dimension, in this life, everything that we have seen, done, felt, that felt like a sin, or a mistake is entirely correctable and so easily escaped from is like walking through a mist into the sun. That's how simple it is. Like a cakewalk. (laughs) Oh my goodness, if we think of all the things that we have held against ourselves and held against others, and if we could but know that the correction is so simple and so easy. What comes into my mind is the saying uh, from the Bible, judge not lest you be judged. For who can judge properly when we cannot see through all directions of time and space? Lesson 25, I do not know what anything is for. I don't. I really don't. And there may be a reason why the highest and best thing that could happen would be something that I wouldn't like, that would really bother me, that I would interpret as painful and hurtful. I do personally believe that everything that happens to us is something that we have placed in our script and chosen to have the experience of because of all the choices that we've made leading up to that moment. And truly, some of the most devastating things that have ever happened in my life have worked together for good, and I can see that now. But I couldn't see it then. So if I don't know what anything is for, because I cannot see... Causation. I cannot see through all directions of time and space. I don't know what everything means. If I'm judging things and it's upsetting me, I'm upsetting myself for no reason at all except that I like to be upset. I'm very aware that in my earlier life, in my earlier days, I was what you might call a drama queen constantly taking offense and being upset, annoyed, frustrated, irritated, angered, and hurt, and confused by the things that were happening, so I thought, to me. I thought everything was happening to me. And the only way that I could really take charge and not be the victim was to be the bully, to be the aggressor, to be the attacker and the defender. And so I was in a constant soup of negativity, mentally and emotionally. And I felt upset most of the time. There was always something for me to be bothered by, constantly. And 
I'm so glad I got out of that loop. It really did take a real willingness and a real focus to get out of that loop. I had to be willing to say everything works together for my good and I do not know what things are for, even when I thought I knew what things were for, even when it didn't feel good. I had to be willing to say that to myself again and again and again. Everything works together for my good. I don't know what anything is for, but it's for my good. And so I'm going to accept it as being for my good. Listen to what it says here in Lesson 25. You perceive, this is paragraph two, you perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. These goals have nothing to do with your own best interests because the ego is not you. This false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. As a result, you are bound to misuse it. When you believe this, you will try to withdraw the goals you have assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. Another way of describing the goals you now perceive is to say that they are all concerned with personal interests. Since you have no personal interests, your goals are really concerned with nothing. In cherishing them, therefore, you have no goals at all, and thus you do not know what anything is for. A little bit later, it says, it is, okay, actually, I'm going to back up here. Before you can make any sense out of the exercises for today, Jesus says, one more thought is necessary. At the most superficial levels, you do not recognize purpose. He started with, which I skipped over, purpose is meaning. So you do not recognize purpose, yet purpose cannot be understood at these levels. For example, you do understand that a telephone is for the purpose of talking to someone who is not physically in your immediate vicinity. What you do not understand is what you want to reach him for. And this is what makes your contact with him meaningful or not. It is crucial to your, under, to your learning to be willing to give up the goals you have established for everything. The recognition that they are meaningless rather than good or bad is the only way to accomplish this. The idea for today is a step in that direction. So you can see that for me, really focusing, and many other spirit, spiritual students have done this as well, really focusing on living this lesson of I do not know what anything is for, if you can look at how it spirals in the mind, this thought, I do not know what anything is for, it spirals in the mind like the image I'm getting right now is a weed whacker. So I don't know much about weed whacking because I don't think I've ever done it, maybe once. But if, if I know correctly, it's a spiral motion and there's like a little wire thing, a plastic thing that whips around at high speed and it cuts the weeds, the grass, whatever it is. So that's what this thought can do in the mind. That's what the Holy Spirit's given me right now is it's like a weed whacker for the mind. I do not know what anything is for. Because the ego, remember, the ego thought system is one that is constantly interpreting, constantly assigning meaning. Remember that what Jesus is telling us is everything is neutral. Everything in this world is neutral. And we have given everything all the meaning that it has for us. That's where the course starts. I do not know what anything is for. I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me. 
In this moment, it's time for me to come to a break. And before I go to the break, I'd like to make the announcement that my Stop Playing Small retreat starts on Friday. And it's totally online. And this is a great way to do a lot of this weed whacking in the mind. It is extraordinary how people set intentions in this retreat. We do the deep healing work together, which makes it fun, which makes it so much easier to do. We get a lot accomplished. And then you have the opportunity afterwards, you'll get $500 off my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp. All of these are based on A Course in Miracles principles. If you have any interest, join me at jenniferhadley.com, get the details, and you can book an exploratory call totally free with one of the spiritual counselors right now to see if any of these programs are right for you. So you can make this year the extraordinary turning point in your life as a spiritual student. Yes. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're walking the talk and living the love. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Thanks for coming back. Welcome back. Yes, we're talking about punishment and correction. And, <laughs> oh my gosh, punishment was the way that I lived all my relationships if you behaved in a way I didn't like or that threatened me in any way, shape, or form, I would punish. I would punish with being cold, being curt, being withdrawn, being angry, irritated, frustrated, take it out on you. That was my modus operandi. And uh, that's why I say I really felt like I used to be a wicked bitch. And uh, I'm... <laughs> A wicked bitch, oh, the wicked witch. And that was a false identity. I felt like that was my only power, was to be upset. Now I understand the power of love. I think that's why Spirit had me name the ministry, the nonprofit that I run with so many other people, it, it, Power of Love Ministry. Because uh, what happened was I was listening to a song sung by the Agape Choir called Power of Love. And I felt like Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, that's the name of your ministry. And it was many years before I founded the ministry in 2013. And uh, I was ministering long before then, too. But uh, the nonprofit was formed in 2013. And to all of you who have contributed, donated to support this podcast, this radio show, all the free classes that we do, all the free prayers and the daily spiritual espresso, the inspiration, all the videos at YouTube, all the transcripts of this podcast, all the things that we offer over the years, those of you who've contributed, no matter how small... It is such a blessing to be able to keep offering and keep offering. I'm very excited about what's coming. And we have been doing prep work for a couple of years now for a very exciting offering that's coming that will be uh, um, free. And uh, for those who'd like to study A Course in Miracles together, so stay tuned for that. Also, if you go to livingacourseofmiracles.com, there are so many free resources there, so many free resources at jenniferhadley.com. And at either place, you can make a tax-deductible contribution. One of the best ways we've set it up for you to do that is you can sign up for our text messages for as little as $1 one time. And so you can uh, sign up for those on the events page at jenniferhadley.com or on the podcast page at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Um, 
and uh, you can set up any amount and you can set up a recurring amount which is so supportive to us means we can plan and we can prepare oh and another way that you can uh, sign up for the text messages is text the word miracles to the number 53557 text the word miracles to 53557 so uh, you can set up a monthly recurring or just do a one-time donation and you can sign up for the text messages for just one time one dollar that's my little commercial for that explore these websites they are built to offer you so many things free workshops free classes free support all kinds of things and uh, on the Stop Playing Small page, the, the Finding Freedom page, you can book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors, even just to find out what we've got that might be for you. So our spiritual counselors are um, people who've been in the programs for years. They've been counseling people in the programs for years. So they really can answer any question that you have about our programs, including training to be a spiritual counselor yourself. I'm going to be announcing soon that um, training program in November. We're going to do an online intensive again this year, intensive training uh, because doesn't seem like gathering together in person is a thing for us right now. And we are a global community, so that's a um, wonderful opportunity. Okay, so back to punishment and correction. For me, it was such a powerful tool in my toolbox to begin using that Lesson 25, I Do Not Know what anything is for combined with everything works together for my good therefore everything is for my good that's what it's for I don't know what anything is for except it has to be for my good let me not deny my good I have denied my good blocked my good for most of my life Now I'm opening to receive it. I'm willing to receive it. This is literally the conversation I had with myself again and again and again. I don't know what anything is for, but it has to be for my good because everything works together for my good. Let me not block my good one more minute. Let me accept everything that is in my life for my good. Let me receive my good, enjoy the good, live the good, and share it with my brothers and sisters. So you can see, making these kind of connections and statements, Holy Spirit, let me remember that everything works together for my good. I don't know what anything is for, except that it's for my good. Let me receive my good. Let me stop denying my good. Let me stop blocking my good. Holy Spirit, help me now. Everything works together for my good. That's what it's for. Beyond that, I do not need to know. It's neutral. I am receptive to my good. I will not judge this. I will not label this. I will not block this. Everything works together for my good. Let me accept my good right here, right now. Whatever it may be. And when I feel sad or angry or hurt or frightened, I need to remember this need not be. That's why I named the website Living A Course of Miracles. This is what it means to me to live A Course of Miracles. I have to work at the level of the mind all day long. Now, initially, when I first started doing this, it did feel relentlessly exhausting and I used to say all the time God is relentless God is relentless but so am I because I'm of God and I am relentlessly healing my mind now my practice is relentless but it's also gentle it's also sweet 
I've been offering uh, daily yoga classes and meditation, yoga, kundalini yoga and meditation. And the Course in Miracles students that are joining me are really seeing how the combination of the kundalini yoga and the meditation and the practice of A Course in Miracles is rapidly transforming their consciousness and their experience of life. So I love to share what works for me. I like to make it simple and break it down into little bites and be in community where we can work together, love together, live together in in online global community. Many, many people have said to me in 2020 and 2021, these two years right now, today, it's September 7th, 2021. Last year and this year, so many people have told me I could not have gotten through this, through the COVID, through the election in the United States and more COVID and more COVID and more COVID. All of these things, if I didn't have this community, if I didn't have these practices. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. It can be gentle. It does not have to be painful. One of the things that Jesus tells us in the section on healed relationship because in our community we do so much work on relationships because it's just it's such a pain point and we can relieve ourselves of so much pain it's the agony and the suffering through our incorrect interpretations that causes so much suffering i'm definitely an expert at that and so Working in community, we really can remember that everything works together for good. We can remember to put the judgments down. So this is what I was about to say at the break, is that being able to say, I don't know what anything is for, except it has to be for my good, is a way of me putting the weapon down and backing away from it. So certain things ring in my mind. I've talked about them many times over the year, years. Early on in the Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, there's a fight between the, the like the teenage Montagues and Capulets in the town, and they're tearing up the the marketplace with their sword fight and whatnot. And the prince comes in, to, rides into the midst of it, and tells them, "Throw your mistempered weapons to the ground." And when I was nine years old, I fell in love with uh, the movie version that Franco Zeffirelli had made, which is so stunning and beautiful. I highly recommend it to everyone. Um, it's just beautifully one of the most beautiful movies ever made, I think. And such a well-written story. Thank you, William Shakespeare. And in that story, when uh, the prince breaks up the fight, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground. I used to, because I saw the movie so many times when I was a kid, and I, I got the record album, and I would listen to it again and again, and that part was on the record album as well. I came to associate giving up my judgments with throwing my mistempered weapons to the ground because literally the voice in my head that is the voice, we can call it a voice, it doesn't matter, the, the thoughts, the feelings, the images in my mind that my higher Holy Spirit self sends me, would be of that scene in the movie of the prince on his horse. Everybody's agitated, and he comes in with a strong voice. Throw your mistempered 
weapons to the ground. I would hear that ringing or feel it ringing in my consciousness when I was clinging to a judgment, an attack thought. Jennifer, throw your mistempered weapons to the ground. And to me, in the story that Shakespeare wrote, that is the play Romeo and Juliet, the prince is a prince of peace. He wants peace in the realm. He's trying to have peace between these two families. He's looking to support peace because peace is prosperity. Though lots of people make a ton of money off of war. And don't we know a lot about that right now with the um, evacuation of Afghanistan and all the information about what the war has cost uh, in, on every level. The prince understands that peace is prosperity for everyone. War is prosperity only for a few. Peace is prosperity for everyone. So I, I also hear, in addition to throw your mistempered weapons to the ground, I, I hear back away from the weapon. Back away. Put it down and back away from it. And so I ingrained this. This became my spiritual practice. Throw the weapon to the ground and back away from it. In other words, give the judgment away. Let it drop. Be no longer interested in the attack thought. And put it down, walk away from it. And for me, putting it down onto the altar was my way of mentally having that visual in my mind, I'm laying this on the altar, I'm backing away from it, I'm giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing, because Lord knows, I do not know how to heal these attack thoughts in my mind, but Spirit does, and Spirit will, if I'm willing to give them over, if I'm willing to put them down, if I'm willing to say, I don't need this anymore, if I'm willing to say, I'm more interested in choosing love. So that's what I was talking about in my year-long course, uh, Master for Living. In, we, in, we have class basically every week. And uh, I was talking about how when I started the practice of A Course in Miracles, I was truly focused on being loving, which I had been for many years, but I, I, I doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on it uh, as my, the entirety of my spiritual practice. So yes, reading, studying A Course in Miracles, working the lessons, but hyper-focused on, is that thought loving? Is that choice loving? Is the choice to eat that? Is the choice to say that? Is the choice to think that? Is the choice to do that? Is it loving? If it's not loving, let me throw it to the ground, put it on the altar, back away from it, and wait for divine direction from the higher Holy Spirit self. It's rigorous to practice this. It is relentless. The ego is a relentless thought system, but God has no competition. No thing is in opposition or competition with God because the ego thought system only has the power that we give it. If we withdraw our power from it, it's like that sword. With the sword, I can cut somebody's head off. I can cut their hand off. I can run it through them. I can completely, easily, quickly kill them with the sword. Just like we can say mean things 
that will cut someone to the quick. If I put that sword down, the sword can do nothing. It has no power. I have the power. The sword is nothing. The words in and of themselves have no power. If I think them, if I say them, if I believe them, then they seem to have power. To say to somebody, you're stupid, you're hateful, there's no reason for you to live, you're a waste of space. That can only hurt someone if someone invests in it. We have to invest our intelligence our heart, our mind, into whatever it is in order to give it all the meaning that it has for us. The sword has no power. Only the person wielding the sword has power. Realizing I have a choice. I can hurt someone with my words, Or I can help them. I can comfort someone. Or I can stab them. What do I choose to do? Training my mind to make the loving choice. One of the most helpful things to me is to partner up at the beginning of the day. To not leave that partnership. Holy Spirit, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me, and I don't have to wonder, worry, or fret about what to do or what to say or where to go or when to go because the one who sent me will direct me. And I'm content to go wherever I'm directed, wherever I'm sent, because I know God goes there with me. Spirit goes there with me. And I'm already whole. I'm already healed. I always have been. And that the correction is just a sweet little walk through a mist. Everything that I think is sinful is the story I've made up. It's all within the illusion. Let me not give it my power. Let me not turn that experience, that choice, into a weapon and torture myself with it. Living out that unconscious guilt, the shame, the blame, all these low vibrational thoughts... One of the ways that we can simply and quickly raise up is to say, I do not know what anything is for. We are now moving out of being the meaning-making machine. That's what an ego thought system is. It's a meaning-making machine, and we can let it go. But we have to put spirit in charge Or it's going to feel really hard. It's going to feel impossible. But if we're truly willing, we will put spirit in charge. We'd like spirit to be in charge because love never fails. God never fails. Spirit never fails. Only the ego fails. The ego thought system is a system of constant, never-ending failure. But we have to go back to where I started with the goal, right? So, lesson 25, purpose is meaning. Today's idea explains why nothing you see means anything. You do not know what it is for. Therefore, it is meaningless to you. Everything is for your own best interests. That is what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. It is in recognizing this that your goals become unified. It is in recognizing this that what you see is given meaning. So when we can say everything works together for my good, ah, now it has meaning. So I don't know what anything is for, except it is working together for my good. Therefore, 
It has value. It has meaning. Spirit will reveal it to me in my mind when I'm truly willing. So let me focus on being willing now by being loving. And if I forgive myself for whatever I just did that was mean and bitchy and witchy, if I don't judge myself, if I say, whoa, I don't know what anything is for, I don't need to judge myself for that. Sweetheart, darling, I made a mistake. Throw the weapon down. Back away from the weapon, the attack thought. Choose peace. Choose the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me now. This is the practice that transforms and renews our mind. It, it is rigorous. It is relentless. But that doesn't mean it's painful. It doesn't have to be. It can be sweet. It can be joyous. Why? Because it's liberation. That's what I'm interested in, spiritual liberation. And if you'd like to move from just thinking about it and talking about it to actually doing it, consider joining one of my programs. Stop Playing Small Retreat starts September 10th. Finding Freedom from Fear Boot Camp starts October 3rd. And pretty soon we're going to open the wait list for Masterful Living and Masterful Living starts. We're going to have some bonuses in November, but it starts basically January. We're doing this together. It's so powerful to join together with our brothers and sisters and actually do this work to give and receive love and support to extend compassion, to shift our minds together. It is so beautiful to see what unfolds. Oh, I'm Jennifer Hadley. I love A Course in Miracles. I do, I do, I do. Let's be grateful and thankful with our hand on our heart that the love of God shines in our mind now and forevermore. So grateful to partner with the Holy Spirit to let the past go. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.